Hello, welcome to the Freedom from Mayor podcast. I'm joined today with Jacqueline Ortiz, the self-love diva. She's from Scottsdale, Arizona. She's a self-love and empowerment mentor. She's the CEO of selflovediva.com. She's a best-selling author of Extraordinary You, a synergistic approach to transforming your life from ordinary to extraordinary. She's a speaker, digital creator, neuro-linguistic life coach, a hypnotherapist, <laughs> feng shui consultant, Reiki master. She wears many hats. You can find out more about her website, selflovediva.com. Her book is available on Amazon. It has all five-star reviews. So obviously it's getting out there and impacting the lives of the readers. Thank you so much for being on, Ms. Ortiz. James, thank you for having me on. Because I'm thrilled to get this conversation going. I am all about self-love and love. So here I am. I feel so thrilled to be here. Good morning. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. So just kind of getting down to the nitty gritty. So like I said, you wear many hats, life coach, hypnotherapist. What motivated you to go down the road of helping people? Well, it's a double-edged sword. I ran away from home because, and I call that when I was working in a Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton area in Florida, I used to live there. And I had what I call a perfect storm, which became a perfect blessing. I had, I was working seven days, 80 plus hour work weeks because I had five different restaurants with my business partners. Focus was to high stress, high cortisol, hormones were out of whack and a, end of a five-year breakup. The actor was a serious relationship was going somewhere, but the legs got crushed, but that's okay because I decided to run away from home. I was overworked, overcommitted, over everything. So one night, in the middle of the night, midnight, I woke up and I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and she has tar coming down. And I'm not type of sense of girl however i was just like have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and you're like who is this woman or man i'm staring back at you that was me so at midnight i called my one of my business partners who also happens to be my ex-husband and i called him up i told him i gotta go he goes where are you going i go i don't know he goes when did you leave i go tomorrow morning tomorrow morning the next morning i packed up everything i could in the car and i started driving aimlessly i didn't know where i was going and i decided to drive and i drove first country California, I made a nanosecond there and then made a U-turn to Arizona where I am now. And that was my self-discovery journey to self-love and self-empowerment and self-esteem. Just a sense of self that really became my whole life. It's something that transformed me from the inside out. It was the biggest blessing. And that's how I ended up in Scottsdale. And now I am absolutely gained, absolutely committed to other people learn powerful self-love is. Because it encompasses it's a foundation for everything. Everything in your life, your career, your relationships, you name it, your health, your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, every type of health, everything is based on self-love. You love yourself, fill yourself up with love, guess what? You radiate that onto any, everyone, anything you contact with, and that is one of your biggest contributions to life. How do you show up in the world? I have that self-love. And if you don't mind me saying, I'm in this wild, crazy self-love movement. It's called the quantum self-love movement. To inspire eight plus million people to fall in love with themselves, do a self level and pass it forward, and not them pass it forward. So together we create a heart center, love, life, and unity together in this world. So that's my mission, my vision, my passion. So that's what I'm all about. So that's how I got to where I am. 
Did I answer your question? Because I, I am a talker, as you can tell. Oh, no, no. That definitely answers the question. And you're right. When it comes to self-love, we say it all the time. And it's just kind of a, you love yourself. And I know a lot of the people that I've worked with through the years, if you just ask them that question, do you love yourself? Nine times out of 10, they'll say no. And then they wonder why they're struggling with anger and addictions and just overall unhappiness in life is just they don't love themselves and everybody knows all the cliches if you don't love yourself you can't love another person and we say it but we don't really slow down to actually examine what what that actually means and i I think a lot of us could benefit from a lot more self-love absolutely and you're right nine out of ten i was thinking more so and i also agree with you james most people say they want to love themselves, but they don't, I think even more so, most don't admit it. This is not me. They're like, yes, cliche, like you say, but they want to admit it to someone. Say, especially guys. Oh, yeah, I don't love myself. You know, most of them are like, yeah, no, I'm cool. I'm good. You know, they usually say that. But deep down inside, they may feel they're not good enough or smart enough or rich enough or successful enough or whatever we know. We're always supposed to be not feeling good enough last something. And you're right, because I know you, your topic is mostly about anger. And that's where I believe almost all, if not all of the anger comes from. It's from a lack of self-love. Because that encompasses everything. You know what I'm saying? Said, when someone says something, you get triggered easily. Actually, do you mind if I go through this, my quick six-step program that I, I developed? Oh, no. No, go, go right ahead. It's based on my book. Oh, and by the way, my book is Extraordinary You, and it's the bestseller on Amazon. So based on the book, I created a program. And basically, it's all about six steps that literally, it wasn't me. It was downloaded to me. One day, I was in the computer. I was, um, I was sitting on the computer, and I kept feeling like I needed for hike. And I keep hearing like go for a hike. I'm like, I can't do to do. I just kept going, going, going because I love what I do. Finally go for a hike. I'm like, okay, go for a hike. I'm driving to I call my M M M M my magical manifesting mountain. I start driving. I didn't even get there. I went all over the side of the road. I started taking napkins out of the glove compartment and taking down notes because it was so amazing. I'd be like, this was just downloading. So then I ran out of napkins and realized I'm all school. I'm like, oh my phone. I kept talking to my phone to focus without that. But anyway, so Basically, the six steps is which I believe help your audiences. If they get angry, upset, or frustrated, or restless, or whatever, what we call or negative emotion, it's to go to the step high five extraordinary you high five reimprinting system. And step number one is recognize the trigger. So many of us get angry, and we sometimes don't even know why. Or we lash out someone, and it wasn't even that. We just get angry, and we don't really like it. It's really important. The first step is to recognize. Recognize the trigger. What is getting upset? What is getting angry? What is it? And then step number two is to do this on your own or with someone, I'm past life question, or something like that, where you basically you go back in time, either conscious or you get in a meditative state and you go back and you regress in time, back, back. When was the earliest time that you recall something like that, the trigger, because that's the core wound. And then once you get there, you look at it, you evaluate, you frame it, you ask, is this true? Because when something is true, it's 100% true for everybody, every time, everywhere. For instance, gravity, sunrise, sunset, that's true. Anything else that's not true for everybody is basically a belief. When you look at the word belief, inside the word belief, L-I-E, a lie. Something that we have kept telling ourselves over again to believe it. So anyway, so that's step number two. So uh, step number three is to reframe it. Ask if it's true. Keep asking questions. I call it a Swiss cheese method. If you keep asking enough questions, it's going to have more closer to like, you know, like, eventually. And you just keep asking questions. And then you flip flop it with truth, what it was. Like, for instance, 
if someone says something that makes you feel angry and you realize so stupid because something that happened to your child in school, then your parents told me you're stupid, you're not smart anymore. Why can't you be this something for me? Why can't you be as much as sister? My sister was brilliant. And so that I would be like, well, why can't you be as smart as your sister? They will say this in Spanish. I'm translating to English. But anyway, and that guy, so anyway, so in school, guess who was a dummy? Me, you know, it was a party animal, me, everything else. And that led to my, the personality that I believed because that's what I was told all the time. And I was like the party girl, whatever. But anyway, by the way, you realize that's why you reframe and you go, really, am I really stupid? Or have I ever done anything that's smart? Have I ever done anything? Have I ever accomplished anything? And you look for things to confirm and verify and validate. That yes, you are smart. Yes. And then you flip-flop that I'm stupid. I can't do this right. Into I am resourceful. I am smart. I can do this. And you reframe it. And you rewrite the story the way you want it. That's step number four. Rewrite the story the way you come. And you're rewriting. And you rewire step number five, which is by and animation. And then you reprint it. Which you could use hypnosis or like I use hype ups, which I, I'm willing if you're okay with that. I can forgive that afterwards. Which walks you to this. It's actually it's really cool. You wear like just like your hair phones, and it's basically on the right side of your ear, it says affirmations, and the left is so once asking questions, questions like, What about me makes me so extraordinary? So, the way I wear the question in your affirmations, you have no choice but to answer the questions in a positive, empowering, uplifting way subconsciously. And what happens is because of one ear you hear us, the other ear affirmations, and then deepening statements, then surround sound, and it has to build your music. And brainwave technology, all that together, it's just like, whoa, your subconscious just gets blocked out. Like, can't listen to everything at the same time. And it doesn't go deeper inside to transform you into feeling extraordinary. That's what hence programs for extraordinary. But anyway, so it's all about recognize the trigger. So when so anyone gets angry, upset, anything, sad, depressed, whatever, it's finding out the trigger, recognizing it. Then you regress to find out the earlier core wound. Then you re it, rewrite it. Rewire it and read it. So those are the steps that I can't take any credit for. It was downloaded to me. So yeah, well, that's what it's all about. Oh yeah, you hit on a lot of the topics that <laughs> that I've studied over the years. I use a lot of REBT, rational emotive behavioral therapy. It's Dr. Albert Ellis, and he's all about challenging those beliefs, challenging the things that you've been taught. And I know with a lot of the population that I work with, that's something. That's it's really hard for them to do because if I was taught this by a loved one, then I should never challenge it, even though I'm getting negative consequences from it. And the example that I always give, because most everybody's seen the movie The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. Have you ever seen it? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. So he's in college and there's a professor. He calls him Colonel Sanders because he looks like Colonel Sanders. And he asks the question, why are alligators honorary? And Adam Sandler's character raises his hand and says that, well, my mama said that alligators are honorary because they have all them teeth and no toothbrush. And then the professor says, well, your mama's wrong. So he gets mad and tackles the professor. So he got mad because he challenged his belief and he was taught that by his mom and, of course, never really challenged it. And I think a lot of us, you know, we fall into that when somebody has an opposing view that's different from ours. We get upset and you see it You see it in spades every day. Just turn on the TV or any kind of political anything. It's just 
I'm right, you're wrong, and there's no there's no middle ground, nowhere. And just a lot of angry, upset people because they have a different belief. No, and you're absolutely right. Like I said, the truth is true for everything. Like a subset song, like I believe it's a lie in the sense that it's something that you believe that it's, your truth is not anyone else's truth or someone else's. So you make something is true for you may not be true for me. And like I always say, like my mom is the type of person who likes to be right. I go, mom, I love you so much. Guess what? She goes, what? She knows I'm going to say something like this. And she goes, what? I go, mommy, I love you so much, but I'd rather, because she gets more angry with people that disagree with her. And she goes, I have to, they need to know the truth. I go, mom, your truth is your truth, but not them telling you that truth. However, I don't need to be right, but I do need to be happy. And by being happy, I get to be right because that's the right way of being to me. But that, again, that goes back to being my belief. Means more point to be right than to be happy. I mean, I'm sorry, to be happy to be right. And to my mom, it's the other way around. Because I need to be right. I go, well, I need to be happy. So I let you be right. And then guess what? I get to be happy and you get to have a great relationship. And you know, she gets to realize, and like you said, we need to question things. But once she starts questioning, like, how important is to me for me to be right versus happy? And she's realized, you know, and now she backs off and she realized that she didn't, you know, it's, it's like in the, in the fish pond. The little pond, they think in the ocean, but they don't know any, any better. But when we realize and we start, like I said, step number one, recognize, recognize the triggers that becomes aware of what is going on. That just sets up everything. Because until you have awareness, that's, you, you can't start. You can't do any more step. Everything in life, not just life. Yeah. So- yeah. And that's probably one of my favorite sayings. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Especially when it comes to marriage, and I, I tell the people I work with all the time, you know, you got to pick your battles. Like, do you want to be right? Or did you want to be happy? I worked with a guy years ago, and he was retired, and he was working a little part-time job. And I always made it a point to, if I saw somebody living the way that I wanted to live, I'd ask questions. And I noticed how him and his wife interacted like she would come drop off his lunch and stuff and they've been married for many many years but they, they acted like newlyweds kind of so it's real cute so i asked him one day i said how do you do that i said i've never been successful in relationships after all these years how do you do that and the way he described it to me he said i look at it this way he said my wife walks up to me and says honey i just bought this picture i want it on the wall and this is where i want it this is how i want it hung he said even if i know 100% that it can't be done that way. Guess what? He's I go ahead and try. He said, I could sit there and argue with her about how it could not be done this way or it won't work. Or I can try and then eventually she'll come around and then I end up putting it up the way I know that'll work. You have to pick your battles. You just start arguing about something that won't mean nothing in 24 hours. It's true. It's cool. You know, it's amazing how we can just create deep, loving relationships. But what happens is that person, that gentleman, really loved himself because he wasn't triggered by his wife or anybody else. And that's why, because when you feel secure in yourself, when you don't have that ego saying, no, you have to be right. No, you have to do it this way. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? When you have that ego just jumping at you about everything, then you're able to just calm and relax and just let go. If you to yourself or anything else, because you're already forward. And that's what, that's what self makes you feel so good about yourself. You just let things just wash off your back. You know, being centered and grounded is so important. Everything else, nothing else can be else in comparison. Yeah, it's really interesting we're having this conversation because I actually recorded a, an, another podcast this morning, and he was meditation expert from India. And we were 
talk about a lot of the similar things. He's like, just being happy. How many people in this world are just not happy and they try to be happy through external means and that self love is, it's not there. He's like, you, you can be the most successful person at whatever field you decide to go into and be miserable. And we talks a lot about if you don't have some type of spiritual backing, you're just going to be lost. So it's kind of interesting. We're kind of on the same topics, but hey. It's so true. I mean, I don't preach religion. I do preach. Anyone I could, I could get into anywhere around. I don't preach religion, but I preach. And if we come from love, it doesn't matter. Like I, when someone says something and they me or whatever, they get upset or whatever, I can see the people's intention. Or I look behind the, the, the facade. Okay, this person's intention. And what they mean, what they purpose, or was it just miscommunication? Or is it just the fact that they're coming from a warm place? So I give them grace because, so, again, the most important thing is to be happy because from that, everything is energy. And you know that we all want, we all, and if we let someone else route our energy, when we're giving away our power to someone else, and then now they're controlling us with their language, their verbiage, their emotional, physical, whatever it is they're doing to us, and then we're giving our power away. That we they centered in love, self-love, that's everything. So that's why I preach all they want. I'm like, I'm probably really annoyed. They're like, oh my God. But it's so true. You can raise your energy and attract amazing life to yourself. You really could. It's all about your energy. And you can never be truly happy if you link everywhere else, gather your brain and your energy and, and your frazzle because you link to show all your button. So that's what I think. Oh, yeah. And you're definitely preaching the same stuff that that, that, that I put out there. And it's, and it's funny because I tell people that all the time, don't give away your power. If you're allowing somebody to, like you said, push your buttons or as people like to say, they made me mad. No, they were just being them. How you choose to perceive it, that's on you. Unfortunately, it always comes back on you how you choose to perceive their actions. And we have to give people that grace of being human and being flawed because who of us isn't flawed in some shape, form, or fashion? But we tend to have a zero tolerance when somebody's doing something to us. But I always have a mirror in front of me, too, like for my clients. And who are they mirroring us back to? Because I believe that we all, because we all want, we all have the same trait as everyone else. I call it love makers in my book, and it's not deal breakers. So basically, about us, something we all like, for instance, it's almost like I'm really used to going in the world, so much angry at the man in the And it could be their mirror for you, for you to feel. Whenever something triggers you, it's a, I believe, it's an opportunity in the universe, giving you opportunity to show that part of you. So when I deal with people that are angry or whatever, I'm asking, well, what about them? You see what you don't like about them. I don't get angry. I'm angry now. But I'm saying, okay, so what can it be? And sometimes it's exactly... Anger you see someone else is something reflected back to you more. It's really something, an aspect of you when you get angry, you lash out. You may not lash out at home, but you may lash out at work or traffic or something, whatever it is, because it could be traumatizing in areas of your life. Or it could be the absolute polar opposite, which is that, and I say this with love because that you could be seen as a doormat. Like, for instance, you have a boss that's really cranky or yells and screams and yells, and you may not get angry at him or her, but instead, you get triggered by that person, and that's an opportunity for you to heal that part of you. And the reason why you gain trigger is because you're the opposite of that. So it could be the polar opposite. You may need to heal the fact that you let people step all over you or let people treat you like a doormat 
and that gets you angry because you're not expressing or protecting your own girl or you're not protecting yourself. That's the trigger. And that maybe you need to work on. So Yeah, because if you feel like you're the doormat, that resentment is going to build. And unfortunately, a lot of us, when it comes to anger, we stuff, 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 and then till it, we have our breaking point, and then we have a meltdown, and things tend to get out of hand. Or we try to calm that with different addictions and so on and so forth, rather than actually deal with the issue. Yeah, I mean, so many things that you say that's right in line with a lot of things that, that I've taught over the years. And I do think it's, I do think we try to overcomplicate things, like I was saying this morning. And... I said, one of the three things that I always tell people, whether it be if you're in a domestic violence situation, anger, uh, alcohol and drugs, you, you name the class, I've probably taught it, is if one, love yourself, two, forgive yourself, and three, learn to forgive others. If you can do those three things, you're off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And those are the three things that we you struggle with the most. We don't love ourselves. We don't want to forgive ourselves for anything. And then forgiving other people, we like to hang on to all that baggage for no reason. Absolutely. It just keeps bringing us down. And it just snaps. I call it life snappers in the book. All the things are life snappers, snap you out of life. Or the defense mechanisms that we use to hide, like you said, drugs, alcohol, shopping, smoking, drugs, porn, whatever it is, anything. And that's how we step ourselves down instead of just giving up the bowls, which is our heart, and opening up and seeing what is triggering us and healing that and that is of it. Because imagine that. So now when you're doing drugs or whatever it is you're doing, smoking or smoking or things like that, or chain drinking, massive amounts of alcohol, you're not only now, but you're still pushing it down. And the more you need to push down, the more you need to think of the toxicity. But not just that. In addition to that, you're going to yourself emotionally, mentally, the relations around you, career, everything just, it's just like a snowball effect all the way down. It's just horrible. And if we could just open up and deal, like you said, work with people like us, working at the core room, then that shows everything which automatically starts like a dominant effect around your whole life. So it's a ripple effect. Like that. So now you're having a tsunami coming, but the other way around, it's like a ripple effect when you deal from inside out, out. You really all just a boomerang, so everything keeps coming back. You know, that lock you like this great. Yeah, yeah, one thing that I always tell people I'm working with is that when it comes to trying to better yourself and really put in that work, you'll start to view things differently. Like I said, if you allow people to be human, you give them the grace to make mistakes, is you'll go from looking at them in anger to actually looking at them and feeling bad for them. Because they're obviously going through something. You'll feel for them because you know that something's going on. Like that old quote, everybody's fighting their own battles. They're fighting their own wars. We don't know what they are. But we can obviously visually see it. We can hear it. But often we just join right in with them and getting angry at them for being angry. I was driving back then when I was married, driving my husband. And my husband has a quick temper. And... Some guy was was hunting a horn and he tried to go around us. And he's trying to block the guy. And I'm like, George. And then the guy came around us and he was screaming. Where's the nearest house? Where's the nearest house? There's someone's pleading in the back seat. And he was trying to get, you know, this, and you never know. We mm. thought he was 
blink, blink, blank. This is where I used to live in New York City and people can traffic that whatever. Road, road range. And right away, we're like, we just changed. We're like, oh my God, someone's bleeding in the back. Someone's dying. And the person just tried to get to the hospital, doesn't know where the hospital is. Right. So we just never know. So that was just like, when you said that, yeah, we would think mm-hmm. you're like, blink, 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 and cutting us off and, and honking, angry honking, honking, honking. We just you just never know. So give people grace and do it for them, but more importantly, do it for yourself. Because that just sent us everything and make interaction with everyone else. So you can't control someone else. Mm-hmm. Great, but do it for you. That has the biggest effect because you can only control you. And that's the problem. We think, well, we told them this and we tried to control them. And we may be able to control that person for a little bit. Because what? That backfires. We fast grow like a bamboo. We can push a little bit. I mean, I rubber band. We can push it, push it, push it, get a snap back. So it's about controlling your emotions and centering yourself rather than trying to control someone else because that is a guaranteed oh yeah i couldn't agree more and we definitely try to control other people and what they say what they do how they feel and that's just that's a losing battle all the way around i know one thing especially when you talk about road rage i know here in the state of tennessee we're like one of the top states in the country for people being shot driving down the road yes uh i can think of at least four or five times in probably the past year that that's happened. Whether it's road rage or just people just looking to shoot somebody. But unfortunately, Tennessee, we're always at the top of every bad list, it seems like. That's a great. I'm not- the Davidson County, which is where Nashville sits, there's a news story came out a couple weeks ago with the second highest county for drug overdose in the country. Wait, say that again in Nashville County? Yeah, in Davidson County, we're the second okay. highest drug overdose in the country. The only one that beats us is Baltimore. So, yeah, that's a stat that a lot of people are not going to hear, but it's the truth, unfortunately. I want to move there. I'm actually thinking, hmm, would that be my next stop? Oh, my goodness. It's, unfortunately, it's it, when you have your share of drugs and you have a lot of... Uh, a lot of crime. I think a lot of people are kind of caught off guard. Uh, it's definitely changed in probably the past decade. But you look at how Nashville is situated with the interstate systems. You got 40, it goes all the way across, and 65. So it's kind of a, a hub for like drug trafficking. Um, so a lot of it kind of gets here and doesn't leave, unfortunately. And then, of course, you got the, the, the fentanyl epidemic going on and all that, but that, that it kind of blew my mind when I saw that. I was just like, wow. I was like, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. Self-love and anger management. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. And unfortunately, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that has been impacted by drug overdose or the fentanyl. I've lost friends. I've lost people that I've worked with. A friend of mine that still works in alcohol and drug treatment, he just lost somebody that 23 years old. Got out of jail and lasted about 11 days, died of a drug overdose. So, unfortunately, it's, it's becoming all too common, all too common. That we try to stop ourselves and just, instead of just feeling, you know, deal with it, just feel and live right. So, that's the only way to live when you try to stuff yourself. And, like you said, well, I said, we both said, the more you do, you need. The more you try to stop it, you have more larger amounts of drugs or whatever, whatever it is. And it's never enough. We can't find until we fill ourselves up. 
think that's why he's there. Yeah, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. And, uh, and I guarantee those individuals didn't love themselves because if they did, they wouldn't be putting their lives in the hands of a drug dealer. I always kind of joke with some of this, with some of the people that I work with, but it's not really a joke. It's the truth. I'm like, most of y'all do not trust anybody, but you'll trust your life to your drug dealer. And I try to explain to them, I was like, they don't know what they're selling. That drug has changed hands so many times. And I, I've yet to meet a drug dealer that has a chemistry degree that mm -hmm. tests every, every gram of what they're selling. Oh, they have no idea. And the majority of the stuff out there has the fentanyl in it and it, it's wreaking havoc and it's just getting worse and worse. And unfortunately, I tell them when I was coming up in the 90s, you could experiment and not really worry about dying. Now, your chance of dying from experimenting is pretty high. So those days are long gone because they're putting it in everything. So it's it took a drastic turn into drugs, but it's just frustrating. It's It's pointless and... And if more people love themselves and would seek out help, which is the hardest thing for anybody to do is ask for help, but we probably wouldn't be the second highest county in the country. And Nashville is a great city. There's all kinds of resources and it's just people don't, do not take advantage of them. They just get kind of, get kind of caught up and it, it, it's sad. Well, I was thinking, like you said, love themselves, forgive themselves, forgive others. And you might like to say quick process that people. If they huh. don't want to get help in the home or in the back or everything and look at their seven and write down and do a forgiveness letter or speak to yourself in the middle, middle work, either way and communicate to yourself and say, I'll use me to like Jacqueline and tell myself how much I love myself and why and why I'm so. And then talk to your little girl and say, No, little Jacqueline, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. All the years I've been Whatever it is, I mean, just say anything like communicate to your little boy, a little girl with him, apologize, throw hard and apologize. And then make a declaration. Jacqueline, I am so sorry. I haven't been listening to you. I have, I have, I'm neglecting you. I have abandoned you. Whatever it is. And then say, make a declaration saying, from now on, that may make me think, what's going on? I promise everything possible to make up to you. I promise to make a declaration of all the things you promised to little boy. And then from why. Why so important to promises and why you so important. And he says, I am so sorry all the times I've been I promise you now want to be there with you to respect. And then you can reason why whatever it is. And then from why you so important. Oh, person. And do that and we down. Every time you feel like you don't Pop a cigarette or pop a drink or pop some blood or something. Read that letter to yourself. Or go as far as you and to yourself. Don't just say the word, but you communicate how you feel. Apologize to yourself. Then make a declaration. If you fail, whatever reason you did something that you're going through with your declaration at that point, reevaluate and say, again, I'm so sorry. You're getting however I'm going to start again over. There's so much in your work. You know, from why you. Over and over again. Actually, in body. So I do that. And we smell them all the everywhere. Like my girl, like the female, not in the purse, and then in the wallet. Right out when they're about to do that. Red, we read the letter. 
Yeah, I'm a firm believer in uh, affirmations, whether it be a, a quote or a mantra. I'm amazed at how, like a mantra or a quote or just a, a simple affirmation can keep you from doing things that you'll later regret. Because if you're going over them quite a bit, then they're easy to remember and then they just kind of automatically pop up there. I do have an addiction, and my addiction is affirmation. You asked me, he's a PhD. In epigenetics, he's with Stanford, up notch, the universal. He says the two best ways to reprogram the brain is just with And that's why my program is closer and situation. That's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you do it over and over again, eventually it goes into conscious. That's why the programming I do, the general, it basically mm-hmm. because one ear is just like a kitchen. So your brain's like, wait, what's going on? You know? And it goes inside and it has evening favors. And you can hear it over and over. How extraordinary you are. How valuable you are. Over and over and over again. It's just like in your brain, you begin to believe it in reality who you are. That's good. I am I sleep all night. I turn it off just because we don't do that. As soon as we get off this, I'm going to put my information on the background 24 7. And can I tell you something? I wake out of bed. I bounce off. I'm like, yes, it's a new day. I mean, literally. And it's because the way you condition yourself. So it's all about that. You know, affirmation, absolutely. It's really going to be said. Affirmation. And you know, some people say they don't work. And the only reason they, they don't work is because sandwich, meal sandwich, my clothes, they can't even work. It's what they need. They do five minutes in the morning affirmations or a couple of affirmations. And this is the whole baby in the meal that I eat. Awesome, blah blah blah. All day long, mm-hmm. we'll go to bed and make say a couple of pasta things. The manure sandwich. I'll say, can take out the manure and just keep their the blessings they have gone. <laughs> so, take out all the manure, and that's how you do it. And that's what I do. And I'm serious, I'm literally high just like that's it. All right, get into James. James knows what he's talking about. Affirmation, affirmation, affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, I said I could definitely talk to you. For a lot longer, like I said, you got several mastery courses out there. Self-love mastery course, the superpower you need to attract love and abundance. High vibe re-imprinting system, key to creative life, chakra healing mastery courses. So I highly recommend if you need a little boost, a little help on self-love, please talk to Ms. Ortiz. You might have a free gift without me. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. They go to extraordinaryyou.com backslash free gift. They get to listen to affirmation and estimation as a free gift. It's great. And they just get to listen to it and they get to listen to the music. It's just subliminal and it's spoken. And all the things you chill. You could listen to it while working for a while. Anything. In the morning, you have 11 minutes, 11 seconds. You just put them on. And I promise you, they're like transform. That's what I'm about to do. Every single affirmation, and they're all passive. And I get to the way they're worded. Is asking you questions about how extraordinary everything is about extraordinary. It's about how extraordinary you are, how extraordinary life you can create, what an extraordinary way of being you can be. Don't ask me the whole thing while they have music because you're like, you don't know what's going on, but it just changes your life. So. All right. So they go extraordinaryyou.com forward slash free gift. All right. Well, Thank you so much for being on. I don't want to keep you any more of your day. I'm sure you got lots of people to get out there to help. 
maybe we can get together uh, in the future and uh, go into some some different topics. I'd be definitely open to that. Like I love it. I'm all about like I said. I teach love all day long. That's what I do. I love. That. All right, Miss Ortiz. Thanks for being on, and I look forward to chatting with you in the future. Likewise. Thank you. Bye. See ya. All right, that was our interview with Ms. Ortiz, the self-love diva. Please check her out on her website, selflovediva.com. She also can be found on Instagram at selflovedivatribe. She also has a YouTube page with a lot of great videos on there. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the description. Also. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Our Twitter or X is anger underscore LLC. Our YouTube page and Instagram handle is at freedom from anger LLC. That's for both of them. And as always, until next time, stay safe.